Welcome to the season one finale of the King's Kid Combos podcast, where we have one big combo about living for Christ in the culture today. King's Kids Combos. King's Kids Combos. King's Kids Combos. So this is it. This is the season one finale of the King's Kid Combos podcast. We have officially ran 10 episodes of the podcast where I'm sitting here talking about my love for Jesus and everything about Jesus and encouraging you all, hopefully, to live your lives for Christ. And this isn't the final episode, so... Don't get too teary-eyed, but this is the final episode of the season, and this episode is super important to me because I feel like it's pretty recent, having the pandemic taken up pretty much the whole entire world's last 18 months. I feel like because I haven't done a lot of things over the past 18 months, I can recall pretty much all of the significant events, and the topic that we are discussing today is friends, but not episodes four's what's a real friend like type of things, but more like when friends are no longer in your life. So let's just get right into this last one. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you for allowing me and giving me the ability to speak about your word for 10 episodes, and I hope many, many more. I pray for the people who need a word from you, who are looking for a word about friendships, who are looking for answers, clarity, and understanding, and that you would provide them with it past my podcast episode, but even further than that, God. Do your will in my listeners' lives, and in, in your name we pray, amen. I am going to throw out this disclaimer. This episode is in no way urging you to cut off anyone or everyone in your life. I am sharing my personal story to get you all to consider your own stories. The question that I'm posing to you all in this episode is, are you growing in Christ but losing friends? So what do you do when you're getting closer to God and further in your faith and you're maturing? But it seems like people are walking out of your life because of you maturing in your faith. Because one day you might have a really good circle of friends and the next day they're nowhere to be found. They could be out slandering your name and you might be wondering whether or not it's your fault and whether or not you'll ever be able to find that good group of people again. I just want to share a little bit briefly about my story in particular. I won't bore you to death with details or anything like that because I want to keep it pretty plain and brief. But over the course of quarantine... Let's start at the beginning of quarantine. The beginning of quarantine, in fact, before that, Jesus, let me get my timeline right. In the beginning of 2020, I'm talking January of 2020, before we really, really knew about the pandemic, I felt the Holy Spirit like just press on my heart to get back in my word and get what, you know, I grew up on back into my life. I'm a church girl. I grew up in church. I know the word, but when you are so far away from that for a really long time, you don't really have a relationship with Christ. But at the beginning of 2020, I felt the Lord saying, you need to get back with me. You need to get back right with me. You need to cultivate your relationship with me. I have what you're looking for. So it came up at March and 
I wasn't thinking, okay, so these this one's going to go, she's going to go, he's going to go. I wasn't necessarily pinpointing particular people that I knew were going to exit out of my life. In fact, I never saw it coming. But over the course of quarantine, it was literally like month by month, I could say day by day, week by week, the Lord just began to transform me. And the way it did look on the outside was, yeah, Abby is isolating herself from us. She must not want to be friends with us anymore. But truly, I was going through this very transformative, introspective, and cultivative period with me and God, where I just couldn't have any noise or distractions that were trying to derail the work that that God was doing in my life. Suddenly, I was no longer friends with certain people. Many people were calling me fake because they hadn't seen me in so long. They hadn't called me. They hadn't texted me. I was just in a very isolated state of being, but it was because God was doing work in my life. And sometimes you have to block out, no, all times. If you're fully committed to your relationship in Christ, you will have to step away from a lot of things and hone in on just you and God. It's just going to take you stepping away from your normal life and getting in tune with him. And to many people, yes, they may consider it isolation. But when I was getting closer to God, Proverbs 13, 20 began to strike a little fear in your girl. You know, I was actually getting a little concerned. The scripture says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. And You know, people will say that the things that the Lord tells us in Scripture, you know, it's to scare you and stuff. But this might have been the best scare I needed because I began to evaluate who was in my circle. Because no matter what people say, the people who are in your circle impact the way you speak, the way you think, the way you portray yourself, and they automatically put a label on who you are as a person just to who you're associating with. So I began to think like, well, God, these people, that they aren't really chasing after you, so what will people think when they associate me with them? So that just just rose a little red flag as I was getting closer to God. And, and this is a true fact. As you do begin cultivating your relationship with God, you will begin to evaluate everything because everything needs to align with your life in Christ. So this was the head-on question that I was faced with. And I think about how some of you may hear a little bit of my story so far and may think, you know, maybe God just came in and interrupted something that was already going good. Maybe he touched something that didn't need to be touched. But the truth of the matter is, is whether I like to admit it or not, when God made an, a gateway for them to leave out of my life, you know, there were things in our friendships that went unaddressed, things that I actually did have a problem with, things that I thought could have been solved with the word or with prayer. And just a lot of things came to the surface that needed to when our friendship was about to end. And that's the bittersweet thing about it um, is, you know, things did get brought up in the heat of me going one way and them going another way. But that is the, I'm going to say perk. That's the perk or that's just the way it is when you submit to the will of God. His way is the best way. Them not being in my life anymore was what God said was right. And I know this because I had dreams about it. I had people praying over me about it. I prayed about these things myself. And it wasn't always the easiest thing, but that is what faith is. Faith wasn't said to be easy, but faith does dictate the decisions that you make in your life. 
And that just makes me want to get right into the word because everything that I'm saying is from there anyway. So if you can turn to 2 Corinthians 6.14 where it says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And if you skip down to verse 17, it says, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. How do you separate yourself from unbelievers and they are all over the universe? They're in the world. There's going to be tons of people that we come across as believers who do not believe a word that we preach or that we live. And that's where getting in the faith comes in. That's where getting into your word comes in. This scripture is not to say, ditch anyone who doesn't believe, because Jesus spoke to, saved, healed, and transformed people who did not believe in him. We have a responsibility on this earth to spread the gospel. But if relationships arise in our lives that make us even consider not living for Christ, it's not one that we should be in. And the verse where he says, separate yourself from them, it's not to be mean to them. It's not judgmental. Don't be rude to them. And don't separate yourself where you're so standoffish. But it says, just be planted firm in your faith. Another verse in 1 Corinthians 5 9 is from Paul. He said, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. And you can also say or substitute it for unbelievers. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. So he kind of jokingly said it as in, you'll never be able to escape unbelievers. They are all over the place. You would basically need to leave this planet if you wanted to escape unbelievers. And that is something that I often do talk about how Sometimes we as believers, we only want to be around people who believe what we believe, that we completely diminish the mission that we have here on earth, which is to spread the gospel. So Paul in here is saying, you know, don't forget your duty. Beware of those who are calling themselves Christian followers, they're believers, but they're still out doing the things that unbelievers do. So how do these two scriptures go hand in hand? Well, 2 Corinthians 6.14 is saying, don't be buddy-buddy with them because then that'll lead you to start talking like them, doing things like them, taking the pathway to sin, which leads to death. And then 1 Corinthians 5.9 and down reminds us that, hey, you have a job. You're always going to come across people who need to hear the word of the Lord. But that doesn't mean that you have to cultivate relationships with them because then that could start to affect the strength of your faith and your relationship with God and that's not what we want you want to be able to stand firm in your faith while interacting with unbelievers without becoming like them the Bible says that we are in this world but we are not to become of it God made me aware as I drew closer to him and let him work in me that people would react they would disagree they would not understand me. I wanted God's will for my life so bad, I was willing to take the loss of certain relationships for a purpose-filled life. But to them, it was perceived as, she must not want to hang out with me anymore. And it didn't make a lot of sense to them. So 
for the person who is wondering, because this is a question that I'm sure everybody has thought about who has began getting closer to God, but, you know, still has friends living their lives a certain way or who don't believe. The question is, why can't I just stay friends with them? Why can't I stay friends with them and serve God? And I'm going to let you know that you can do that. It is completely an option that is up to you. So you can do that, but it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really difficult. You'd be pleasing one side and neglecting the other. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. In my case, if I talked the way my friends did and lived the life I was living, you know, drinking, smoking, cuss, you know, all that type of stuff, God would be displeased. If I fully submerge myself in the word and let God rule over my life, surrendering to his will, living a life and thinking of things that are right, loving, honorable, kind, my friends would not understand why I was taking my relationship with Christ so seriously. And oftentimes when you are in the midst of unbelievers and you are living your life honorably, at first it does make them feel convicted in some way, form, or fashion. And then you'll be called someone who's uptight, who's uppity, who, you know, always follows the rules. <laughs> and you, they may begin to believe that you think that you're better than them. So still by this time, the fear of looking like a fool and having people in my inner circle who didn't represent the life I was living for Christ, that still was an issue. Who you surround yourself with really does matter. Without that constant reminder of the things that we believe as believers, you will start to conform to the ways of the world, aka the ones of unbelievers. And it goes back to the, I mean, I feel like it's one of the most recited scriptures right now. I mean, it could just be because I've just been hearing it a lot lately, but it just goes back to Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform into a new person by changing the way you think. But the very first thing that, you know, pastors and, and preachers are holding on to in the verse is don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. That would be those who do value money over Christ. That would be those who do value societal norms and opinions over Christ. And this was my case. My friends that I used to have, they were 100% real. They were ride or die. They were loyal. And to many of you hearing this, it's like, so why would you stop being friends with them? Yeah, my friends were good people. They valued those things, being communicative. That's stuff that the world values right now. If you're not those things, people don't want anything to do with you. You need to be drama-free, communicative, and all the things I just listed. But for me, the good vibes was one thing, but I wanted those godly vibes. Like, when I was with my friends, they encouraged my worldly desires instead of pulling me to God. The lifestyle I was indulging in when I was with them was our normal, but it was really deteriorating me spiritually, therefore emotionally, mentally, so forth and so on. The more I was cultivating my relationship with Christ, it was hard to keep up with the friends that I had. Hard to keep up with the slang, hard to keep up with the lingo. It was very hard for me to participate in certain conversations. When we're talking about sex and drugs and what we finna cop, all that type of stuff, it was a lot. And I remember one day one of my friends had said, you know, all those things aren't what our friendship is about. Our friendship is about so much more. 
And I, and I said, yeah, it is. But just about 80 or 90% of it wasn't leading me back to Christ. And because that was our normal for so long, I didn't expect that friend to be able to see the things that we were doing in that way. So I, I could have tried to reason and explain so much, you know, like, you know, this isn't good. You know, we don't, we may not do this, but we also would cuss. We not do this, but then we'd end up doing this. And it would be a gateway for me to go down another path. And, and naturally it was hard for me to convey without it sounding nitpicky or judgmental to them. A lot of times when you're dealing with certain friends and it's really hard to walk away from relationships, especially those that are friendships, um, it, it just may seem like a lot of blame is being placed and you don't know whether or not it's your fault or whether you should continue fighting for it. But I thought about all the times that I had prayed Lord, please reveal the things in my life that don't need to be there. The things that are distracting me from having a relationship with you. And the moments where I would get really hurt or I would cry about how they're not in my life anymore, you know, the Lord would comfort me. And he would say, you know, you need people in your life who are going to point you back to me. He would comfort me and say, I'm your friend. I will raise up more friends who will point you back to me. I will bring you people who will encourage you, not only just in life, but in the word. So just because you choose to live your life for God and you may see and talk to your friends less, it doesn't mean that you have to stop loving them, supporting them, praying for them. And if your case is similar to mine in that you all don't speak anymore because me and those friends do not, mourn that friendship. There's no use in pretending like it doesn't hurt and more importantly, hiding that hurt from God. Walking away from any lifestyle, relationship, friendship, that will never be easy. For me, it was very bittersweet. I knew it wasn't my fault, but I wish it hadn't ended like it did. And, and that's hurtful. You're, I'm talking about friends who we've been friends for five, six plus years. Like, that hurts. It was very difficult for me to walk away from friendships that I had for that long, but I consistently brought it to God and he gave me the comfort. He gave me the peace that surpasses all understanding about the losses of the friendships. And I want to wrap a bow on this and say that God made me aware of how they might treat me and what they might say about me behind closed doors. And it's the basis scripture of this whole episode, which is, you know, first Peter Fofo. Four, four. Um, and it says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. Another version says they will vilify you. I remember often feeling like I was the villain in our relationship or friendship, I should say, ending. Um, and, and that for some of you, that's where the guilt comes in and asking whether or not, you know, that was your fault. And I just want to tell you that it's not. Having a relationship with God should always be the priority. In scripture, many times it says, you will not be standing before these friends. You'll be standing before God and he will judge you. So never let someone give you an ultimatum. Oh, it's, it's God or me. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you have people in your life 
who really care for you, who experience God's love and they extend that love towards you, they will never make you choose between Christ and them. That should never be a thing. No friendship or relationship that you cultivate in your future will ever make you choose between God and them. In fact, they should want you to choose God so you can be a better friend, daughter, sister, whatever to them. So yes, God did make me aware of what what that might feel like, of what the vilification, if that's a word, of what the vilification might feel like. But I so didn't care. I wanted God's best for me. And I still prayed for them. I still pray for them to this day. It brings me comfort. It brings me peace. And I still want the best in their lives. The Bible says pray for your enemies. And while I don't consider these ex-friends enemies of mine, I still love on them to this day if I ever saw them in person. But pray for those. I would like to categorize enemies as anyone who you're no longer friends with, anyone who may have a little ill will towards you, you have a little bit of bad blood with them, any of that. X anybody still pray for them. So not only should you refer back to episode four, what is a real friend like of this podcast? But as I always say, if you're not going to take my word for it, take the word for it. Proverbs is a really great book, which discusses a lot about friendship and wisdom about situations. And it's a scripture says that we are to live honorable lives in the world as we mix with unbelievers. And it's first Peter two twelve. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. And I just love that. What confirmation, what comfort you feel after hearing a scripture like that. Knowing that there's no need to get revenge on them. There's no need to go on social media and backlash. Them. There's there's no need to do any of that. But to just keep living your life for Christ. That, you know, we take a lot of things into our own hands and make them duties and tasks. I, I need to get back at them. I need to text them back. I need to have the last word. But, you know, God just says, live your life honorably and everything will fall into place. Another thing that you can take a lot of comfort in is that if they are really supposed to be in your life, then God will soften their hearts. He will come into their lives and he will put them back in your lives if that's what the way it's supposed to be. I'm not in any way saying this is easy and that friends walking out of your life, especially because you decided to walk in a life with Christ, is easy at all. But there was peace in prayer. There was peace in the word. There was peace in calming the noise around me and just getting into time with the Lord. It allowed me to extend grace and love still towards those people who are no longer my friends. And it gave me more confirmation and peace that God would never allow me to go through an experience that wouldn't shape me and mature me in my faith. So submitting your life to Christ is an intentional decision and it's available to you. Your friend, your mama, your anyone, yeah, anyone with breath, it's available to them. So this last episode of the season, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, I want to present the opportunity right now. If you want to accept Christ into your life, just repeat after me, no matter where you are, no matter who's around, just repeat after me and say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day just for me i've tried to do life every other way 
and it's never worked. So, Lord, I trust you and surrender my life to your will. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the last episode of season one. I have enjoyed every last episode from recording to editing to feedback of this podcast. And I pray that it blesses you in every single way. But in waiting for season two of the King's Kid Combos podcast, please stay in tune with the podcast Instagram page at King's Kid Combos for encouragement and other conversation starters until we meet again for another convo. And of course, feel free to DM me about any conversation that we've had here on the podcast and share all of season one with another King's Kid. I love you guys and please be blessed.